Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Marissa, 10-year-old, is here with her mother complaining of bronchitis. Marissa has been coughing for a couple of days and it's worse at night and she has other typical cold symptoms which started about four days ago. Marissa received her COVID influenza vaccine and her COVID test today in the office is negative. On exam, Marissa is afebrile and the rest of her vital signs are normal. Her exam is consistent with a cold with a cough that appears to be postnatal drip related. Mom asks for a prescription for azithromycin. This has always helped her right away, she says. You note that she's received azithromycin three times over the last 18 months for the diagnosis of acute bronchitis. How should you respond to Marissa's mom? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Susan Feeney, Director of Adult Gerontology and Family Nurse Practitioner Programs at the UMass Chan Medical School, Tan Ching Fen Graduate School of Nursing. Hi, Susan. Hey, Frank. How are you? All right. Boy, nothing drives me up the wall than someone requesting azithromycin for their cold. Let's talk about inappropriate antibiotic prescribing. Uh, What do we know and where do we go from here? So inappropriate prescribing can have a couple of meanings, but um, in the literature, it often means that it's, it's either if there's a bacterial diagnosis that it's not first-line antimicrobial, or so they're using something that's not evidence-based to treat this particular treatment, this condition, or it's the wrong dose, or it's the wrong length of time, or very commonly, it's actually a viral infection and they're getting a bec- an, an antibiotic for that. So that's what inappropriate um, prescribing means. It really means not aligning with evidence-based guidelines. Okay. And, you know, I think knowing the diagnostic and treatment guidelines are important. Um, what are the risks and adverse impact of inappropriate antibiotic prescribing? Well, there are many. And, you know, the first one that comes to mind is that we are building up drug resistance, you know, that these, these bugs are, you know, that life will find a way and they will be, if we're using, you know, we're treating inappropriately and if it's not a viral infection or if it's an antibiotic or it's a bacterial that's not been treated with the appropriate antibiotic, um, you can really build up uh, resistance. And then what happens is our arsenal against true bacterial infections is weakened. And so antibiotic resistance is determined by the World Health Organization, I think is the number two or three health risk in the in the world. So it's not, this is not a small risk. So that's probably number one. Number two is that, you know, you're giving someone an antibiotic that's not either not appropriate for treating the diagnosis or totally inappropriate if it's viral. So that, but there's side effects. Anything you give can have an adverse effect. And what are those adverse effects? They can be, um, we're seeing C. diff, in children and in adolescents. I mean, it's, it's mind boggling. And, you know, people get allergic reactions and rashes and unusual responses. And then we lose that drug, if you will, for later on. Um, and it also does affect the gut biome. 
Um, these are not minor impacts. And every time we see there's more data coming out that women who are pregnant, that um, if they're on antibiotics during pregnancy, it can affect the baby's um, gut biome and, you know, all kinds of things. So these are not benign. They're wonderful tools when used appropriately, but there can be a lot of uh, bad stuff. Also, it's an expense, you know, and all of, and if there's an adverse effect, then that's additional impact to the person, to the healthcare system and then whatnot. Oh, I could not agree more. I think the most common adverse effect of antibiotic prescribing is people misinterpreting a side effect as an allergic reaction. And I think about penicillin allergies. Well over 90% of the people who believe they have a penicillin allergy don't. And the impact of not addressing that is, is huge. So so let's talk about, about children. Um, how commonly are antibiotics prescribed inappropriately and what were the outcomes of that? Well, there was a recent study that was a, a cohort study that looked at um, about you know, almost 3 million kids. And what they discovered, and they looked at antibiotics and um, associated adverse effects and costs to the healthcare system. And of this 2.8 million kids, they found that they looked at bacterial diagnoses and viral diagnoses and antibiotic prescriptions. And they found that overall, it's pretty stunning about somewhere between 31 and 36% of the prescriptions written for bacterial diagnosis were inappropriate. I'm the skeptic in me says that's probably much lower than it really is. And then the viral diagnoses was anywhere up to 70% inappropriate because let's face it, if you have a viral infection, you don't need an antibiotic. So um, when you look at it as a whole, it's almost 30% of antibiotic prescriptions to kids were inappropriately written. And the, the way they described inappropriate in this study was that for a bacterial infection, it was not first line antibiotics. And then for um, viral, that they were getting a prescription at all for a viral diagnosis. So that's pretty stunning. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think your, your sensitivity is accurate. A 30% inappropriate rate for otitis media, pharyngitis or sinusitis is an likely underrepresentation. Yes. And especially when you think of, you know, acute bacterial rhinosinusitis, you know, their sinuses don't really form to be true cavities until they're four years old or five years old, you know. So, um, you know, and, and sort of snotty kids is kind of what they're supposed to be. And, and so along with this, I always worry, too, is it the inappropriate diagnosis? Are they following the evidence guidelines on diagnostic criteria? Because there's very strict, if you look at the guidelines, there's very clear diagnostic criteria for otitis media, for pharyngitis, and for sinusitis. And, um, you know, certainly Marissa, our, our case here, does not fit into that diagnostic criteria. In addition to resistance and microbiome changes, how much does it cost? Oh my gosh. Well, so they made a, they looked at the cost and they said for bacterial infections per person, it was like 21 to $56. For viral illnesses, it was up to almost $100. But a national expenditure for otitis media, we spend over $25 million a year, pharyngitis, $21 million a year, and viral infections, $19 million a year of expenditure on antimicrobials, $19 million for viral upper respiratory infections. 
it's it's um, staggering. And again, that looks at, you know, visits to the ER, um, additional, you know, side effects coming into the office for dealing with side effects, you know, and the side effects, may they may not have C. diff, but they may have, you know, diarrhea. And as you say, they can have an autoimmune rash to amoxicillin that is often misinterpreted as a allergic reaction. And then you, that drug is gone for that family because they're convinced no matter what you do, unless you send them to an allergist, which is another cost, um, that they are not allergic. And how many patients do you have that will say, my mother told me that they're 50 years old. My mother told me my, my brother had an allergic reaction, so I've never had penicillin. You know, it's a huge issue. All right. Well, predicated on making these changes is understanding the guidelines. Um, where do we go from here and what, how can we help our listeners? Well, I think, you know, really become familiar with the guidelines. So, you know, for otitis media, um, there are guidelines on watchful waiting that, you know, once a child is over six months and has non-severe illness, that's often an option. It has to be obviously joint decision-making with the caregiver and, and the provider, but um, it is an option. And if you are going to treat, you really need to follow the diagnostic criteria, which is really clear in the guidelines. They have to have bulging TM. They have to have pain. They may have otorrhea if they've had a rupture. Um, and, you know, it's not a serious you know, serous otitis media can't be a fusion in there. It has to really be an infection or what appears to be an infection. Same thing with strep, know the guidelines. They really recommend rapid tests. You know, 15% of all children with pharyngitis get strep. So, I mean, that means that there's, you know, 85% that are viral. Uh, and so we really have to have the, the AAPs really clear um, that they want a qualitative measure, a test to verify whether they have strep. And then for, for sinusitis, it's very similar to the adult guidelines. It's 10 days of symptoms, unless they are worsening and have fever in the first three days and real purulent discharge, you know. So when you think about most people, they said like one out of 15 kids might meet this criteria for, for sinusitis. And again, there could be lasting impact of having being on an inappropriate uh, antibiotic it's not it is not benign so being really careful and and having those guidelines in there um, are helpful all right so i i think um the it's really important information about how frequently antibiotics are inappropriately prescribed their adverse effects you've laid out very clearly uh, for those listening, we'll add to the landing page the current recommendations, the current guidelines on treatment of common ambulatory infections, especially in children, so that if you need to brush up on what's appropriate and what isn't, um, feel free to check that out. Susan, wonderful topic. Thanks so much for bringing it forward. Uh, my pleasure. Practice pointer. Before you prescribe antibiotics, be sure that the diagnostic criteria for a bacterial infection has been met and you align with the evidence-based guidelines. Join us next time when we discuss the best evidence guidelines on managing fibromyalgia. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.